Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Ann. And I'm Kendra, and you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. We are glad to have you. For those that don't know, our podcast and um, radio show is all about infertility and um, adoption and whatever your journey of adding to your family is as you're waiting on the Lord. Um, We're we're called Hannah's Heart because of Hannah in the Bible who um, waited and trusted, and then God gave her Samuel, and she gave him back to the Lord. And we want to, we said her heart is so situated on the Lord and Mm -hmm. to be able to surrender over to God, something that was your greatest desire that um, we want to emulate her heart. So that's that's who we are. If you're just now listening, thanks for tuning in. And folks that have been listening and Mm -hmm. haven't heard Kendra's voice in a while, you're back. And we're so glad. That's right. That's right. She had her answered prayer Mm -hmm. and sweet baby Eliana joined the family a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. now at the time of this recording. Yes. So um, now we're getting to hear Kendra's voice again. We're so glad to have you back, but I'm so glad you got time with your sweet girl. Special thanks to all of our listeners who prayed and some who even emailed and sent Facebook messages when we shared our story of infertility. Um, Through this, a lot of listeners heard and started praying for us. Mm -hmm. And um, her her name, for those of you that haven't heard, means God has answered. Mm -hmm. And um, for those of you listening, I know sometimes when somebody else gets their answer, sometimes it's really encouraging. And sometimes it's like, when will it be my turn? But just know, however God answers um, your call and your cry, he is a God who listens to the voice of his children. And as I've been hearing my little daughter, whenever she wails, I'm like immediately she has my attention because she's my daughter. And that's the way God cares about you. When Mm. you cry out to him, he's going to answer you. It might not be the way you think, but... That's you. so true, Kendra. So true. Um, so today we have a special guest on. Her name is Caroline, and she has kind of multiple ministries going awesome. on that she has started because of her walking through infertility. She and her husband. Um, one is called Moms in the Making, if you've heard of that, and one is called In Due Time, which we'll mm-hmm. definitely talk more about those throughout the show. But Caroline, are you with us? I am here. Welcome, ladies. Yes. Thank you. It's so good to have you on. I was telling you, you know, before the show that I felt a a little starstruck, and I do. So um, because of just listening to you over the years and listening, following your story, and so just being so inspired and uplifted by um, your ministry and just how raw and real you can be but also the whole time pointing people to Jesus. So I just really appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you for following along, and it's definitely an honor to be here. Well, thank you. Well, do you mind just getting started, um, maybe introducing yourself and your hubby, just telling us some about him, and then um, getting into the ministries? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we currently live in Dallas, Texas. My husband and I met here back in about 2009, and we got married in 2011. So we just celebrated our 11-year wedding anniversary and both had a background in business. I had a degree in finance and marketing. My husband had a degree in accounting, both in the corporate world doing our thing. (laughs) And, you know, God likes to interrupt you (laughs) when you're doing your own thing. (laughs) That's true. And so that's really what he did with us. So about a year into our journey of marriage, we decided we were ready to start a family. We really didn't have any reason to wait. And so got tested right away due to some prior health history. And we were told at that time that we would never be able to conceive children Mm. naturally. And so, you know, you have this desire in your heart ever since you were a little girl. And you think, as I'm sure we've talked about so many times as women in these communities, as you Mm -hmm. get married and you have kids. That's right. Around a year or two. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. We all have these plans, white picket fence, all of it. And that is just not how our story was. And it's still not, it's still not how it looks, but yeah. So about a week after that diagnosis, the Lord put it on my heart to start a blog and wow. I started writing, which uh, I laughed, honestly, you know, we read in scripture when, um, mm-hmm. when Sarah laughed mm-hmm. or whoever it was laughed at God. And that was very much me. As I mentioned, my background was numbers, business, finance, and I did not write, (laughs) but I was obedient and started a blog called In Due Time, and that just started really getting some traction, and from there, he had put on my heart to have women over in the room who were also going through Mm -hmm. infertility, trying to grow their family, and so I reached out to just different people who I knew were going through this in the same season, and we started with six women in my living room. Really, my whole heart was to encourage people with truth, point them to the Lord, and also pray along with them, believe, um, and pursue Jesus. Mm. And so what began in my living room with just six women has now expanded worldwide to 75 groups. Wow. Quite crazy. Yes. we. uh, It's called Moms in the Making. And what happened was I had these six women over in my living room, and there was so much life from the beginning, like barren wombs were being miraculously touched mm. by the father and healed uh, more so than the babies, which we celebrate the babies, but were hearts being healed of mm-hmm. women who were just overwhelmed, overcome with discouragement and grief, disappointment, bitterness, jealousy. So we celebrated a lot of hearts healed marriages that were restored. We had a woman being like, oh my gosh, I had no prayer life before this group. And so didn't even, didn't think a thing of it, was just kind of doing my thing. But really from there, the Lord had put it on my heart to start launching groups in other cities. And uh, essentially half of it was I had people coming to me being like, I want to do this, but I want to do it in my living room. And so that's what fully officially launched what's now called Moms in the Making. So we're a faith-based fertility support group. As I mentioned, 75 different groups worldwide. We're in Spanish and Dutch as well. And then we have um, annual conferences. So we'll have our sixth annual conference this October. It'll bring in women from multiple countries around 30 states to the Dallas area for a two-day event where it's it's not a conference on how to get pregnant and here's different mm-hmm. medications and here's how you can learn about adoption and infertility. And there's nothing wrong with that. So please 
hear me out. Those conferences are important too, but it's really a conference where we seek Jesus, we worship, we hear from main stage speakers, we talk about our hearts because that's really so much of the ministry is how do we get our hearts healed in such a way where we can Mm. have a actual relationship with the Lord and pursue Him in the journey. Wow. So that was a mouthful. Happy to follow up with any questions (laughs) you might have. (laughs) I love that your story starts with six women in a living room. Like it reminds me of Christ with his disciples, just starting Uh, with 12, humble beginnings. And then now. And then growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing at Hannah's Heart, we've interviewed a lot of people that do ministry with um, women who struggle with infertility. The one common denominator I found is that every woman who leads in ministry, um, to these kinds of women says, it's really not just about the infertility. It's mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm. discipleship and what God does in the, like it's it's more than just about building a family, although that's huge and that's important. Sure, sure. And it just reminds me that God does not waste pain in our lives and he will use whatever you are going through to push you to be more like Jesus. And you are making disciples yeah. all across the world. That is exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's a little surreal. You know, I don't think I've ever like taken the time to be like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's happened so quickly. And I will say, I have had people come to me and even on podcast interviews, things like that, say, why do you think Moms in Making has grown so quickly? Mm. And I had to think about it. I'm like, you know what? I've never been asked that, but I think it's because we carry hope. And ultimately, that's what deep under deep, that is what each person is longing for, is the hope that only Jesus can offer. That won't come from the baby. It won't Mm -hmm. come from the pregnancy. It won't come from the new home or that travel, amazing vacation across the world. It's the hope of Jesus. That's right. That's our focus. And he's the answer. Well, I can't help but think also the families that you're impacting. So you're starting this for people, or you started this for people desiring to build their family, but then you're talking about how it impacted individual hearts and lives and then marriages. And so those hearts and marriages got stronger in the Lord as they prepared for that baby to come. And then then that answer to prayer came. And so Mm -hmm. even what, how those dynamics could have looked different, Mm -hmm. um, you know, without these groups starting in the first place. So I just think that's so, so, so neat and so needed. I feel like, um, because yeah, you're so right. I feel like we can look at that, you know, baby and think, oh, if I just had a baby, if I if I just had this, if I just had that, I would be happy, you know. And um, mm-hmm. that's definitely not where we're supposed to look for, for happiness or to fill that void in our heart because only Jesus can do that. What are the resources and ways that you help women move their hope from, I'm one of, my hope is in a baby to my hope is in the Lord? Like, how do you? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Yeah. So all of our groups, we're really kind of a semester run ministry. So we break up the year into two semesters, much like a school year. And we provide curriculum to these leaders, but also to the members of these groups. And all the curriculum is faith-based. I actually, myself, I write the curriculum. And so it's really a semester worth of, okay, this semester, the study they're doing right now is called Blessed Is She from Luke 145. But they're starting the semester talking about what it looks like to trust God and how Mm. a lot of us don't trust God because we project either our circumstances onto him, or maybe we didn't have a good earthly father. Maybe our earthly father was always traveling or he missed all of our soccer games or he was never there. He was abusive, or maybe we don't know our earthly father. And so 
we really do get into some deep stuff of like, okay, let's talk about what are we projecting onto the Lord? Do we trust Him? If we don't trust Mm. Him, that's actually okay, but let's get to the root of why we Mm. don't trust Mm -hmm. Him. So that might be a study where the next study might be on faith or the next study might be on the topic of persevering and what God's Word says about perseverance. Because when you look at Scripture, no one, even all those who got babies, did it overnight. It was a journey Mm -hmm. of persevering, of, you know, having some grit in you. And so, yeah, it's really all faith-based curriculum. It's very spiritually driven, um, very emotionally driven in the sense of, is there an opportunity for these women to talk about their upcoming treatment or their process of adoption, yes, but what they're doing in those groups is they're diving into God's Word, they're sharing deep heart stuff, they're praying for one of one another, they're praising God for what He's done, and that's really the focus of what they're doing. Mm. Boiling down to that issue of trusting God is so key because it's not just, I trust you to give me what I want, <laughs> it's right. I trust that no matter what path you lead me towards, you are good and your character is the same. And that's clutch for not just infertility, but for any any obstacle that you face in your life. And right. I've had even just now being a new mama, like tr- trusting God intensifies even more when you have a little baby mm-hmm. that you're responsible yes. for. You know, it's like it's every phase of life. That's something you need. Um, can I trust that he's good, especially if you've had a lot of hard heartbreak mm-hmm. where sometimes some people might feel like, God, it feels like you broke my trust. Right. Of course mm-hmm. he didn't. But on the emotional side, what would you say, um, Caroline, to any woman who maybe um, has had a miscarriage or has gone through a lot of grief and feels like, I don't know that I can trust God? Yeah, I think, you know, first I would, of course, just say I'm so sorry for anyone who's on this journey, anyone who's experienced a miscarriage, any kind of infant loss, an unsuccessful treatment, a negative test, anyone. I I definitely don't want to just kind of jump to fixing it. I I want to send my condolences and just say, I'm so sorry. I think understanding it is a process, but that it's going to have to be a process with the Lord. I think, you know, there's two kind of routes you can take on this is, okay, something bad happens, and what am I going to do with it? Am I going to pursue the Lord in it? Am I going to talk to him about it? Am I going to converse with him about it and grieve with him and go through this process? Because we know that he is the comforter, that he does heal the brokenhearted. That's what his word says. And so we can cling to that hope. Or are we going to turn our back on him? And so I just think it's important for anyone right now who's saying, I don't trust God. I am feeling like God's very distant. Like, that's okay. Don't feel shame about that. But also, how are you responding? What are you doing with it? Um, you know, for instance, my husband was diagnosed with cancer this past, just, a, I guess, several months ago, mm. this past May. And so there's mm. so much to process through that. And yet I am under this foundational core belief that, God, you are good, that mm. you do have good, good plans for me. And so as I'm processing just through, you know, these doctor's appointments and scan results and blood work and chemo treatments and everything... It's I'm submitting it unto the Lord, knowing that there really is no other place to run. There is no other, there is no other answer. There is nothing else that I can put my hope and trust in, but it's a journey of getting there. And so I, thankfully, I have history with the Lord that I've seen him be be faithful in when my two-year-old nephew passed away. I've seen Mm -hmm. him be faithful 
through my father-in-law passing away. I've seen him be faithful in different heartbreak and relationships and all these things. And so it's going back to God, who are you to me? Who do I know that you are? Not that I feel like you are, because mm-hmm. I might feel like God's distant, but the truth is that, is that he is closer than my very breath. And so mm. I think it's just wrestling through what is actually true versus what are my feelings dictate. And I think there's, um, can be a big difference, honestly, yeah, yeah. between feelings and truth, but it doesn't mean the feelings don't matter. It just means I need to close the gap between the difference between the two. So kind of a loaded question, but hopefully mm. something I just said will minister to at least one person. Yeah, I was like, preach, Caroline. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I love that part that you said, to whom shall we go, Lord? Was it Peter that Jesus came to him and was like, mm-hmm. who do you say that I am? And he says, you're the Christ. Yep. And, you know, and he's like, Lord, what other option do we have? Like who else mm-hmm. holds right. the power of creation and the power to heal my heart? And I remember quoting that scripture when my husband and I had our miscarriage and I was like, like, I don't have the luxury of being mad at you for long because I need, because like, I you're, need you. I need you so much. Right. You're my next breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Caroline, um, how with you leading these groups and I've, even on your blog um, and reading some of the stuff that you've written, how do you still get by day to day whenever you're you're ministering to these women and these prayers are being answered for other women so many times that you've had to watch and you haven't a- mm-hmm. received the same um, answer just yet? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. You know, I don't want to be cliche and say Jesus, but honestly, I think that is the answer. I think for my husband and I, we've just decided like, look, we're going to pursue him more than the baby. And Mm -hmm. I think because we've made him the, the pursuit, we've made him the desire it's we don't we're not sitting around talking about a baby every day and yeah. again i'm not trying to shame anyone right, who is. Right. and you know there's those seasons where of course it's more of a conversation but it's lord i'm starting my day with you i'm starting my mm. day with you in prayer and in the word and i i'm very big if you are a part of moms in the making in due time if you listen to my podcast a cup full of hope pretty much everything i'm i'm communicating out is going back to what does god's word say Because the only way we can know the Father is through His Word. I can't know, and I can't know you if I don't spend time with you. And the only way we can know God is by spending time with Him through His Word. So I have rooted myself on the foundation of the Word. That way, when, let's say, a lie comes in, and like, you know, God doesn't want good things for you. No, I know what God's Word says. Mm -hmm. And so again, I think it goes back to kind of having this grit of like, I'm going to put God's Word above all else. I'm going to put His pursuit above all else. And we are just, we've really set the tone, set the atmosphere in our home and in our marriage of we are going to worship our way through. Amen. And sure enough, you put on some praise music, Mm -hmm. you put on some worship music, (laughs) 18 hours a day. Well, there's not much room to focus on what you don't yet have when there's so much to focus on what you do have. Even this morning, my time with the father, I just spent two pages of a journal, just writing out every reason I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. And it was specific to my, my husband's journey through cancer. And so find things you're thankful for, find people who are carrying hope. Who are you hanging out with? You know, how are you spending your time? And so for me, I think I'm able to carry the hope because not because Caroline's strong, but because I'm saying, Jesus, 
you are the prize, you are the end goal. And it's Mm -hmm. through that, that he's strengthening me. And I think too, honestly, I've just kind of made this kind of decision, you know, this, uh, yeah, I've made this decision that when, let's say I find out someone gets pregnant, there's, there's, again, there's two responses. I can respond with what scripture would tell me to do, which is rejoice. Mm-hmm. and be glad and celebrate them. And that's really the route I choose because when I read scripture, it's very clear about jealousy, mm-hmm. about bitterness. It talks about that jealousy is like a cancer to the bones. And so we kind of freak out when we hear of cancer in the natural realm, like, oh my gosh, our husband was diagnosed with cancer. That's a scary word. But do we yeah. know that jealousy is cancer to the bones? Wow. Mm-hmm. It is cancer, cancer to our spiritual and emotional health. And so I really kind of approach situations like this of, I know what the enemy wants me to do. I know how the enemy Mm -hmm. wants me to respond. But what if I instead realize that every baby born is a gift from above, that this is God's heart is life in the womb. And what if I responded the same way I would want someone to respond Mm -hmm. when it's my turn? Because Mm -hmm. I, in faith, do believe it will be my turn one day. And I'm going to be celebrated. That's right. So I just kind of seek this posture of I'm going to celebrate others how I want to be celebrated when it's my turn. And I just think it's so powerful when we can kind of operate in this opposite spirit of partnering up with heaven instead of partnering with hell. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like a strong statement. Um, And I don't want, I don't, again, I know I keep saying this, I don't want anyone to feel shame or condemnation if you are dealing with jealousy, but I do think get to the root. Mm -hmm. The root of jealousy, a lot of it is probably you think that God is withholding from you. You think that he has forgotten you. You Mm. think that, he is going to run out of babies. You think, and so that's okay. That's okay if those are the thought processes. But this is why we have to renew our mind. This yeah. is why I mentioned we have to close our gap between what we're feeling, what we're thinking, and what is actually true. So for anyone who's listening, who's having those bitter moments, who's having those jealous thoughts, who's having, I don't know, I even sense maybe that there's going to be someone listening who just feels completely overshadowed. They feel completely overlooked, like it's never going to be my turn. What does God's word say about it? And I think you'll find that God's word does not match Mm -hmm. the thoughts that you're having. And that's when you need to process it and take it to him until your mind's completely renewed and focused on truth. I love that tip you shared about... um, playing worship music and worshiping the Lord in the midst of your journey. I think that that worship is such a a powerful tool for for spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. what would you say to a woman who said, what do you mean turn on praise music? I don't feel like thanking God in my feelings. And um, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I think to live as a, to live as a, believer in Christ, there are going to be very few things that you do that are going to be based on your feelings. <laughs> listen, every morning, I don't feel like getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like setting alarm. I would rather sleep, to be completely honest. But I know that if I want a relationship with the Father, if I want to start my day off on the right foot, if I want to be encouraged that day, I have to get out of bed and read the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I often don't feel like 
going on a walk or going to the gym and lifting weights. But I know if I want to steward my body, if I want to be someone who is healthy, if I want to stay in shape, I'm going to have to do hard things. So mm. I do think, you know, we live in this, such this culture and society where it's all about how we feel yes. and how that makes yeah. me feel. Yeah. And I just want to completely like squash how <laughs> you feel because to be a thriving Christian who lives with hope, it's, it's going to be very little about how you feel. And I can tell you that the moment, and I'll, I'll share this now, I remember specifically, I think it was my husband's second week of chemo treatment, and I woke up and I there were specific things that I was like, I was angry about. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't, I mean, over 10 years of even waiting for babies, I don't think I had ever had this feeling or sense of anger that I had when I woke Mm. up this morning and I was actually going to a women's conference and I remember driving and being like lord like I'm mad I'm mad Mm -hmm. and I whoever's listening get real with God he can handle it he can take it um but I got to the conference and I knew that I knew that I knew that I did not want to go another hour like this I was miserable I wasn't used to it but you know what I worshiped my way through amen and there was a breakthrough there was a shift in the atmosphere there was a shift in the spirit realm and i can tell you even if you don't feel like it making that decision to worship will lead you to breakthrough and will Mm. lead you to encounters with heaven amen your feelings will follow but your actions is what god looks to that's exactly right that's good Mm. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't believe that time passed by that quickly, but you have been so encouraging. And I just encourage everyone to look at her ministries, Mom in the Making, Moms in the Making, and in due time um, for um, everything that she has to offer. And Caroline, I hope to have you back on mm-hmm. the show sometime soon. Absolutely. It'll be my joy. Thank you again, ladies.